0: Hello everyone, thanks for coming. Welcome, welcome everyone. I'm David Heller, uh, co-founder of Content Mint, and this is Five Minutes or Less. (laughs) We are gathered in this, I don't know, studio, living room, whatever you want to call it, room, uh, and we're going to take turns sharing. Something, anything, what will it be? We don't know. That's part of the fun. Uh, We asked you to come and to share, and we didn't tell you what to bring and we don't know what you brought. Uh, We have a message from our sponsor. Five Minutes or Less is sponsored by Assemble Partners. Assemble Partners is a New York City-based advertising media company. Assemble, standing media on its head. For more information, visit assemblepartners.com. Before we get going in earnest, I'd like to take a moment uh, to reflect something that I've been thinking about and I want to share with you all. And I want to reflect on things that we keep inside, because I think we keep a lot inside. Maybe the thought of a friend we haven't seen in a while, we keep that inside. Maybe feelings about someone we've lost, an idea that we had but we think it's a little too crazy to share with people. Maybe a song or something we find funny. Maybe a feeling we don't know how to express. We keep a lot of things inside. I think everybody does. But in this room, in this space, what we're trying to do is invite people to come and to take some of those things and find a way to express them and let them out. If you're at home, before we started here, everybody in this room wrote down a few words, a word they really like, just a little word, or a word about how they were feeling. And then we wrote those words down, and we put them on a board in random order. And we're going to call this a poem. And I'm going to read it to you now. And no one before in the world has ever heard this poem. (laughs) Maybe ever will again, (laughs) if we edit it out of the podcast. I don't know how to read a This is a big way. Can you help me? Can you hold it? Kim Bassett, ladies and gentlemen, co founder of Content uh, Vanna, Vanna. You've you got to come a little Let go. Let's try this. A little closer. Clo- okay. Somebody's handwriting. Okay. Raw, unexpected, postmodern, lovingly gorgeous, ambivalent. I need a noun. Luminous towards bare seriously bloated (laughs) banana seriously bloated banana that's it seriously bloated banana kinky what whereby numinous definition please numinous wait this is upside down i can't read that uh random migrating from hurry volume content aspiring literally to have process, oh yeah, to have process. We've been talking about that. Who humid and transient? Rod, cold, bizarre, guacamole, or is it or is it guacamole? I'm not sure. Slurpy guacamole, sir. Slurpy yep. Wh- whisper. <laughs> importantly, to mansion, minimum, brief, vestige, spoon, sheep. That's all I got. <laughs> We did it. Um, Ponder on, think about that one. The implications, I mean, my God. Okay, uh, where are we? I think we're ready to go. I have a list here I'd like to welcome from Long Island City, Queens, Chris Peters.
1: My girlfriend, she's an actor and I do this, and I one time heard her say to friends of ours at a party that uh, we both play pretend for a living. I was like, that's pretty good. <laughs> that sounds right. So this song, that this is a song that's about that. Um, and that's also about the first uh, vacation we took together. next to Sleeping Beauty's castle. I remember, cause the sugar on my hands gummed up the handle to the bathroom next to Peter Pan's flight. You insisted that we both buy Mickey Mouse ears. And the kids all laughed and pointed as we sprinted to Frontierland. The Thunder Mountain's busy at night. It's me and you on Thunder Mountain And you're screaming bloody murder, but your smile's a mile wide. It's me and you on Thunder Mountain We're grown-ups put weird little kids inside. If we don't stop, they'll kick us off the ride. back home in New York I make a mess of things cause I'm supposed to see you maybe Saturday but now I've got to work and you've got class until 9 but at 10pm on Saturday the doorbell rings and you're holding up a six pack you say we're gonna drink this and watch Princess Bride we're gonna be fine And every day is Thunder Mountain And we're quoting Billy Crystal saying Wesley mostly died We're away on Thunder Mountain We're grown-ups but we're little kids inside Please keep your feet and elbows on the right no idea if we can make it through. Because music's getting busy and you're headed back to grad school. We might be forever. We might not. But I know right now I love you and you love me too. No one said this would be easy. I couldn't ask for better company. I can be glad with what I've got. To you and Thunder Mountain, and to screaming bloody murder, and to smiles a mile wide. To me and you and Thunder Mountain. We're grown ups, but we're little kids inside. And grown up means whatever we decide. I'm grateful every day we're on the ride.
0: Thank you. Next up, we have someone. He loves to cook, he loves to paint, and he loves to write, and he lives in Brooklyn.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Kranz. Yeah, let me just follow that one up. Jeez. <laughs> that was beautiful, man. That was really nice. That was really gorgeous. Um, this is something I wrote for the company I work at. Um, it's like a little poem that uh, Ryan Hansen, this beautiful illustrator, uh, got to turn into a comic. I was very excited about it. Uh, and it's called The Gift of Jet Lag. So when you're jet-lagged from a flight, it's easy to see that the tarmac you're on is a sea of concrete, and the overhead bins are made of marshmallows. Do you need help with your bag? asks a fellow in yellow. You stretch and you squirm, make your way off the plane, which looks like a velveteen bird named Verlaine, then walk down the tongue of a very long serpent, and arrive at a gate by the Cinnabon merchants. Look at the circus, you hear from your luggage. That couldn't be true. You're loony, that's rubbish. Keep it moving, you hear? a voice from behind you as a troll in a Yankee cap tries to remind you, you wanna stand around, go back to Secaucus. The troll waddles off with a hump and a raucous. Forget about him, says the bag in your hand. There's plenty to see in this mystical land. There's blabbers and jabbles and gobbledygooks. There's swingers and drinkers and lots you can do, like wait on a line or carry me around or wait on more lines, so many great lines. You, you ask yourself, what did I eat on the plane? That made me delusional, soft in the brain. Does any of it matter once we make it past customs? Asked the bag that was silent when you were back in Sutton. I want to go home for this nightmare to stop. Then let's make our way to the yellow gumdrops. You mean taxis? No gumdrops. They're called yellow cabs. Says the guy having a full-on conversation with a bag. <laughs> and while technically true, you have to admit that a taxi's more fun when it looks like a fish. And highways are the legs of a large octopus. Your driver's a cactus. His friends call him Gus. There's joy to be had when you're losing your mind. The world's filled with magic the non-jet lag can't find much better to fall right apart at the seams and become one long ribbon of visions and dreams you arrive at your home and the trip's finally over your bag looks at you let's get out of this rover to go home in a grum drop what could be sweeter uh yeah the price is right there on the meter you pay the fare and walk up the steps the bag says this journey i'll never forget oh thank you sweet luggage it's been quite the trip all the things we've seen in our lovely friendship. You hug your bag tightly. You'll never let go. The neighbors peer down from their crown mold bay window. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so this is, a, this is a poem about being uh, on a train. Um, it's called The Covenant of Eyes. So the rule is simple. When the doors open, the eyes close. People aren't supposed to see each other on the train. And still, settling into the chair, you'll feel the gaze dine on you the way Rigamortis dines on frozen dinners. Yeah, when the doors close, the eyes are starving. Silt from rain puddles up on the window. Metal, bark, wall and root. An industrious blur to spackle the sight. Until, of course, a pair of suede boots, thin rimmed glasses and candy apples. Eyes and doors both open and retired. The rule is simple, but often broken. In an organized silence of desires going southbound, we are sinners of a much larger city. Staring through a keyhole with no invitation, I've been told in the dark we are all God's creatures. The serpent and its innards hissing through the tunnel. In perpetual midnight, we are fixed like stucco. Yes, the rule is simple and yet, God's little eyes wide open in the dark. Uh, and this is a poem I wrote for Gatie, who who's my girlfriend.
3: <laughs>
2: we date. Uh, and it's, uh, it was for her birthday. Um, it's called Before Turning 25. It's okay to have the world in front of you. There are many windows to watch the raindrops chase your mother's cheekbones. A rose is a rose is a rose between the world and the windowsill. You sit, inhaling dust, breath, and ozone. You sculpt sidewalks and cracks, cure meat on boards, drizzle honey out of memory like a child at the library, homesick at the smell of cedar. As you hunt 25th Street, there will come the realization, you can be more than one person, two warm lips kissing cold wind, calloused palms buried at the shore. You can be forgotten, lost between intangibles, where the warm amber sleeps in your steely blue eye the slit that falls down your lover's forehead. Thank you.
0: From Brooklyn, Tom Krantz, everybody. Tom Krantz, thank
3: you.
0: We're looking for someone from Connecticut. Do you know who you are? A lot of people here from Connecticut. This person has a brother who is a sports broadcaster. His name is JJ. He likes to broadcast. He does color commentary and play-by-play. He's not here tonight, but maybe next time. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Tessa Duke.
4: Hi, Um, this is called Plot Structure, and it's from the perspective of a cat trying to finish her screenplay. She swung the door closed this time, carrying that crinkly bag from under the tall wall. I think they call the crinkles a trash bag. Can't say for sure. Regardless of what it is, this loud noise disrupted my concentration once again. The human I have met ten times comes in and out of the apartment all day, and I appreciate the feeding and the changing of the water while my rightful human has left the apartment. But the constant disruption has done no services for my craft. I have been attempting to finish my screenplay. I have been attempting this piece for many, many, many hours. But it seems as though each time I reach my third act transition, my tension is suddenly divided. Some time ago, my rightful human came home from wherever she was for hours at a time. She pulled a small crinkly bag out of her pocket and revealed the most heavenly thing I've ever laid eyes on. A small, gray mouse. The smell was invigorating. It was light. One paw could propel it in the air. Not confirmed if said mouse was ever alive. It is the sound when it lands from a throw. I have loved this mouse. I have spent many hours demolishing this mouse, but my screenplay has suffered. Once the mouse was destroyed and left on my rightful human's long, heavy pillow, I returned to my screenplay, a satirical commentary on the feline existence. The beginning had charm, a subtle introduction to a world of scratching posts, knotted string, and clumps of dust. I began to fall in love with my protagonist, Taco. Taco is a short-haired gray cat who sits on his balcony from dawn to dusk. Taco is everything our breed should aspire to be, brave, courageous, compassionate, independent, conqueror of the balls of lint hidden under the oven. But the second act, infused with flashbacks, monologues, the occasional killer punchline, became quite tiresome. I began to lose steam. I would roll and roll and roll and scratch myself just to determine what Taco's central conflict would be. He's just a house cat, after all. Again, I've said it again, it's demeaning. I can't say just a house cat. It's a title more worthy than us all. I'm riling myself up all over again. It happened the first time. I couldn't just swallow the theory that Taco's existence reflected the struggle us felines must join Paws against. And as I contemplated this question, I dug. I dug deeper and deeper till I made it through the drywall, and my temporary human was very angry. The wall can be replaced, but the marks of my claws are eternal. The temporary human took it out on me, banished. I was banished to the room with the water in my sandy box for private moments. Although cruel and inhumane, it forced me to reckon with my third act. Would Taco evolve? Would Taco rise above? I lay on the cool, cool gray bowl. I nuzzle my head and think, what is Taco even trying to rise against? Is there anything standing in his way? Stories gain interest from obstacles. Stories gain power from things that stand in the way of our hero or heroine. But with Taco, there's nothing. His private moments could happen anywhere and time in the human's apartment. He could eat anything he so desired. He could be whoever he wanted and no one would stop him. And it broke my heart to admit he had nothing to conquer. Could this be of interest? Taco's indifference? Taco's sheltered experience? Would this appeal to anyone? It then occurred to me that it was my own barricade from this alleged world that has stood between me and my aversion to writing conflict. I myself had seen nothing, therefore I know nothing. What are said obstacles that trigger character development? What are the situations that sway a viewer's empathy towards the protagonist? All I know is a door slams in my face every day and the crinkle sounds disappear and I hear thuds and then nothing. For all we know, there's nothing happening outside of these doors. My rightful human steps into the void and returns hours later pretending to have accomplished something with her day. And I keep busy, but come on, I'm like an open book. One look at me and you know I've only hit page five and that's including the title page. So is this the conflict Taco has stumbled upon? His lack of plot? Has Taco acknowledged his fatal flaw of having no fatal flaw, deeming him unrelatable to viewers? I sit with this, paw on the wall, resisting the urge to dig further. And it feels so tender and easy to break. I hear a thud. The temporary human will now be in here for an 11th turn. Perhaps she has learned from my rightful human and will bring me a new gray mouse. I must return to Taco's demise later and focus on my own self-discovery. What good is a storyteller without her own muse? Tessa Duke, Tessa Duke, everyone.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much. From California, I think our first performer from California. San Francisco, Northern California. This sharer loves yellow curry and tofu pad thai from Coconut Bay in Burlingame, California. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Ladies and gentlemen, Mary Bolt, and Chris Peter's coming back on guitar. Yeah.
3: you gave it away, I was gonna claim that I was playing guitar for all the listeners out there. <laughs>
1: one I don't lie to, but how is it so easy? How do I still lie?
0: Somewhat moves and emotional. And uh, (laughs) next up, (laughs) we have someone who loves her grandma's lasagna and a glass of red wine. Ladies and gentlemen, Katie DeLuca. All
5: right. Okay, I have a few poems for you guys. Actually, there's only three, so it might be pretty quick. I'll start with this one because we were just talking about Greenpoint, and this one's called Transmitter Park. On your forehead live the streets of San Michel, folded over, fragmented, and roaring in night's skeletal sweat. You were supposed to be lost. Perennial cafes is the centerpiece. The pulse of secrets and plumbing through the walls, weathered like a fragrant red. In Greenpoint, there are egg cartons migrating over half waves in the East River. Eyes, watch them blend. Cal Belle nouvelles, wait for them to sink. You sit devoted, think of pennies underlying the fountain, how things are always all at once. Pollination and pollution, tag and fill, plump particles create cheekbones and surface sounds tear them down will go back to recover the soil because turbulence molds to air until impact crumbles planes to tin sheets and thunder. (laughs) Okay, I got two more. This one's called Field Measurements. Enlarged koi fish paint the surface, mouths pulsing like heart murmurs. Blue and marigold coats slip against each other, barehanded and rare, eager aliens. On the fourth floor, we're starving for field notes. Patients of incandescent minds barred by Seattle fog and late memories. We sip pale ales before 6 a.m. wake-up calls. I'm tired, I say. You say I always say that. We pour coffee and order eggs over easy, deliver old desires as our eyelids stagger. From a distance, rain forms circles across the pond. Meditation occurs between tall firs. the koi fish still hungry. Wisteria, almost immortal, hangs like geometry and unevens time. Everything is mutable. Late spring flowers among ragged strangers. We board the plane, make sure our lines are straight. Distance will change if we're crooked. And last one, this one's called Waterways. By the sea are orchids to ash, waiting for you to unload the cargo. Brittle hair pushes against skin as you shed a layer, the ionized current haphazardly making its way to architect waves. Eventually you touch brush strokes and verses. What's opposite the sea mirror? You look toward the shore, a cartoonish backdrop decomposing figures carved by sand. Your head against the horizon, a subtle dementia. Specimens disappear like dead dandelions in Earth's great exhale. They say France is delicate, but not its spine, curved and knocked on by the edge of the water.
0: Katie DeLuca. Katie, thank you. Listeners, please note, the following two shares have content of an adult nature, including drug use and sexual content. Next up, someone who comes from the beautiful state of Colorado, but currently lives in the village. That's a good combination. I'd like to hear about which one she prefers. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Jesse Shaw.
6: Um, Over a lot of years, I've been going to Peru to work with sacred plant medicine, and um, so what I'm going to read is an excerpt from a book that I wrote about my wild Peruvian adventures. Just as Raven was beginning to doze, the plant made a subtle appearance with several wild and colorful geometric patterns lilting past her inner eye. Her autonomic nervous system had also kicked in, with perspiration beginning to dot her palms and large yawns, surfacing to draw in more oxygen and release the tension of her jaw. She immediately became fully awake and began her meditative mantra. She was feeling prematurely relaxed, confident, and even a bit cocky about her superb navigational skills when the plant ramped up and ripped through the room with gale-like force. The ayahuasca had been doled out to Mateo's left, so that those across the room from her had been served first, and Raven, seated at the end of the semicircle, last. As she sat there meditating, pulsating, yawning, and sweating, she heard people starting to get sick. Raven was filled with dread and was waiting to be struck by the same tsunami wave that was wiping people out around the room. As the wave-like intensity of the medicine hit their side of the circle, Franco and she somehow held steady without succumbing to its jarring, invasive entry. Raven tried to relax and settled back against the wall, willing herself to stay with her own process and not be undone by the struggling sounds of others filling the room. She was struggling a bit herself, but assumed it was just the typical hardship of slipping through the portal to reach that place where she could commune with the plant and rekindle their ongoing relationship. It was then that she remembered the dream about Richard, her boyfriend, who in the dream was in an out-of-control, drunken binge state in her apartment back in New York City. She shuddered at the vivid recollection of the dream, and then came up with what she figured to be a brilliant plan. Since so many around her were being purged of unwanted, unnecessary energies, she reasoned there'd be no harm in her losing it too. So she asked the plant, as humbly as possible, if she might be able to throw up the dream so that it could be cleansed from her psyche. Much to her surprise, she was flat out refused. Raven pushed her case and leaned over the pail near her feet, hoping that she might throw something up. Once again, the plan intoned much more sternly this time, no. A sinking feeling moved through her, and she realized that she had to hang on to the dream because it held something precious, and then it might even be more than just a dream. It might actually be true. Meanwhile, the force circling in the room was continuing. One woman dashed for the bathroom as the purging assaulted her bowels. Another was sighing loudly as if her next breath might be her last. Raven herself had become caught in an out-of-control swirl of chaos that was becoming more and more unbearable. With Mateo sitting so near, she leaned forward and asked him for help. He immediately came over and poured some agua florida into her hands so that she could breathe it in, while he blew tobacco smoke into her crown chakra and rattled around her head and upper body to break up the energies that felt as if they were engulfing her. Everything quickly shifted and after thanking Matteo for his timely intervention, Raven slid back toward the end of her mat and resumed her former position of leaning against the wall. Franco, who hadn't moved an inch or flinched once during the maelstrom, leaned over and in a whispering voice asked, Are you okay? She whispered back, Yeah, I, I think so. Raven realized she might have spoken too soon. She had reassured him all was well, but was it? As she sat there, she realized that with Mateo's assistance, she'd been able to slip through the portal, but now she'd entered another unknown place, a state of being she'd never encountered before when working with the plant. She felt as if she were strapped into a rocket ship, being propelled forward at some outlandish mock speed. There were visions and colors flashing by her, including multicolored waves of DNA strands, as she sped through what appeared to be a long 2001 movie-like tunnel. This movement and feeling of propulsion was accompanied by an innate sense rippling throughout her body. Raven was experiencing a body-wide orgasm with every cell alive and peaking with pleasure, wave after wave. Her mind, totally out of its league, was unable to fathom much less name the felt-sense experience she was having. It kept trying nonetheless until finally all that was left was an ineffectual small voice doing its best to calm and reassure. Raven leaned back and let the experience overtake her since she no longer had the energy to fight or explain what was happening. She realized that with her defenses and fears no longer in the forefront, the experience was supremely pleasurable and certainly the most beautiful state she'd ever felt. Only then did she hear the plant give a name to this light speed travel within the orgasmic vessel of her body.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Jesse Shaw. We have uh, someone from two beautiful places, Portland, Oregon, and Rhode Island. And we have in common something that we both like uh, a bar. I think it's still there. Is it still there? It's called the Ram's Head in Portland, Oregon. And if you ever go to Portland, go to the Ram's Head and have a beer. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Ryan Andrews.
7: Hey, y'all. Uh, this is called The Ballad of Scoot Scoot. <laughs> like many gay men of my generation, I get horny. I download a certain app that goes, boot a boop, find a sexual encounter devoid of emotion, and then wonder why I can't find someone to cuddle up and watch Christina Yang get cut out of a wedding dress with. This is a story about one of those encounters. The story starts in the morning, as many boners do, so, boot a boop. I find a nice man to share this experience with. Kind eyes, good body, and he's visiting a friend who lives in my building. Now, normally I don't host. I am more of a traveler. It makes me feel safer in case of murderers or kidnappers or grown-up Disney fanatics. (laughs) However, this morning I say, what the hell? I decide to make an exception, throw on a pair of extra baggy gym shorts and invite a lad up. I open the door to greet my nameless sex friend, and am greeted by a man, his broken foot, and a full-on leg scooter. <laughs> now, I'm not a quitter, but suddenly I am very aware of how many corners are in my house. As we make my way through my living room, to my room, on my bed, and I start using my patented blowjob technique, no one has mentioned the scooter or the foot. It's not until I get a little pat-pat on the head that says, I'm not really feeling this, and I redress this man, and put him on the scooter. Do either of us acknowledge the elephant in the room? In which he says, man, can't wait to get rid of this thing. And I chuckle, um, blue-balled and all, and watch him attempt to go past every corner I have, out the door, and scoot-scoot down the hall, leaving me sad and alone, like I started this morning.
0: Ryan Andrews, Ryan Andrews, everyone. Wow, thank you, everyone who chaired. That was really incredible. Does anyone want to come and take the mic? There's Grace. There she is. Uh, it's time for what we call uh, thank yous and promotions. Um, so first, I'll do thank yous. come on, come, come on. We've got two microphones. I'm going to go over here. So, well, thank you, Grace for inviting all these wonderful people to share. Anytime. And uh, for producing this event and doing the wine and food and everything. And um, you can't see him if you're listening at home, but sound engineer Will is making everybody sound good. And everybody as talented as Will needs a apprentice. This is Julian. Summer intern, assistant sound engineer Julian, ladies and gentlemen.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sophie, Yang, the irreplaceable Sophie, helped us with everything. So I don't have anything specific. Anything specific? She awesome. did everything. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Sophie has been doing social media, so everybody can hear it. <laughs> Sophie, Sophie come, come on! Come on. <laughs> I, I'm not online. I don't know what you're talking.
4: Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Co. We'd love your follow
2: We follow back. All right, so.
0: And I should say, this was produced by ContentMint, and you can find us on ContentMintCo.com. And now it's time for promotions. We believe everybody has something they should promote, and they should promote what they have to promote.
8: I, I agree. <laughs> Oh, also, this episode that's being recorded right now can probably be found Tuesday or by Tuesday at the very latest of next week. So I'll send that around. Um, but for promos, we want all of you talented people to be able to share what you guys are working on outside of this. Uh, and I only have a couple things, but if you know something comes to mind, feel free to come up and share your thing. Uh, Jesse Shaw. Uh, just released a documentary-style film called The I Ching Ancient Consciousness and the Creation of Chinese Medicine. Her book and film can be found on her website, jessishaw.com. Anytime. Um, Chris, who you heard singing earlier, he just released an EP called Chris Peters, Grown-Up Singer on Spotify. <laughs> on Spotify, Apple Music, and all the rest. Um, and he also released a music video for his song Thunder Mountain, which we just listened to on Monday. So maybe we can pass that around. Um, yeah, maybe send us a link and we can share it. it. That'd be great. Uh, lastly, our poet Tommy is an artist as well, and you can follow him and his work, uh, on Instagram at Tom (laughs) haha. Uh, spelling can be found later on the site. That's
0: all I got. All right.
8: Does, does anybody else have prom- promotions?
0: Uh, Any other promotions? Mary. Come on, everybody you has some. find it. us at, at Chris Peters Music and at Mary e.
3: Bolt on Instagram, which we'll give you It's a little,
8: it's a little wordy. I will, I'll add it yeah. to the, to the site and the email. Thanks everybody.
0: Okay. Anybody else have anything to promote over here? Stay in school? (laughs) Go to school? Do your homework? Anything to promote? Over here, this room, part of this room? Nothing. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for coming. And this part is only for you, not for the people listening at home. There is wine, beer, cheese, anything else? There's stuff to eat. Stuff to eat. Are there any apricots? Are there any dried apricots or are those gone? There are a few dried apricots. And these are, we're in room three, those are in room one. Everybody is welcome to stay and mingle. Not if you're at home, you cannot come, but everyone else. Thank you, everyone.